How's everyone doing this morning? Amen? Blessed. Amen. It's been a long weekend. But I'm still thirsty for God. Amen? Despite how many times I come or how late we were here. Man, Friday we were here till like midnight. Some of us. Um, But if you come thirsty... Every single time you come here, God will fill you up. We, we can sometimes adapt a spirit of enough with God. And we come in and we get nothing because we expected nothing. Amen. So I'm two seconds into my sermon. I'm already getting off course here. But I just, just want you to know, man, if, if you come expecting, God will fill you up. Amen. There's never enough that you can get with God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. Just when you think you've got a grasp on what's going on. Man, he will totally, radically change your world, change your life, take you into new realms, amen. So never come into this place with the spirit of enough, amen. Praise God. Um, I get to the, the privilege to speak to you guys real quick this morning, and um, I just want to jump right into it, and we're going to jump into Acts 27, and we're going we're gonna to do quite a bit of reading, because I want to kind of set the stage, because I believe this moment in Paul's life, a lot of us can identify with. And um, I just really want to set the background of what everything that was going on. So if we can pull that up on the main screen there, Acts 27, 13 through 26, and we'll start at 13. Look at that. I even put some cool motion backgrounds just to give you the effect. Look at that. And it says in 13, it says, when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. How many times we think we can make it sometimes? We can make it on our own sometimes. I think I can make it. We can do it on our own, amen? It doesn't work out that way, amen? There's nothing that we can do on our own. We can only get so far in ourselves, and it takes God to take us that extra mile. So they pulled up anchor, and they sailed close to the shore of Crete. But when the weather changed abruptly, how many know sometimes things are going to happen abruptly? In our life, amen. We wake up and it looks like sunshine. We wake up and we think we've got it all going. And abruptly, man, the enemy comes in or a circumstance comes in and can totally and radically just wreck the course that you had for that day, amen. Abruptly. How many know we got to be ready for abruptly? We can't take nothing for chance, especially in these day and times. Every day we wake up and something new is going on in the news, and the world is abruptly changing, amen? amen. So we have to be ready for abruptly every single moment in our lives. And a wind of a typhoon strength called the Northeaster came and burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship in the wind, so they gave up and let it be um, and let it run before the, ga- before the gale. And sometimes we feel like that. That the enemy and, and, and the storms of life just push us so hard. And it's such a, just a, a tremendous force that we just give up and we let these storms and these trials in our life just let it run course. Because it can be difficult. When you're fighting a typhoon, you're, it, it's a useless fight, it seems like sometimes. So it says, we sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cadea, where the great, uh, where, uh, sorry, with, where with great difficulty we hosted, uh, hoisted aboard the lifeboats and began towing behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes 
around the hole and the ship to be to strengthen it. They were afraid because uh, they were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of um, Cytirus Sea. Oh, I'm Cytirus off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship where they were driven before the wind. Sorry, I got cotton mouth on that. Ugh. Got a storm going on in here. Ah. The next day, the gale force winds continued to batter the ship. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until all hope was gone. And so many times when we have storms in our life, we just begin to unload because it's easier to unload relationships, to unload ministries, to unload callings because we're so fearful that this storm is going to overtake us and we're doing everything that we can think of to lighten our load. And even when we unload all of this stuff, we look and the sun and the stars are gone. That was important because the sun and the stars is what navigated a ship back in those days. They didn't have GPS. So some of us, we feel like this ship lost at sea and we're unloading this and we have no sense of direction where we're going and the storm is just pushing us and we're just going with it. And nobody had eaten for a long time and finally Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all of this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down, for the last night an angel of the Lord, whom I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul, for for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God and his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as as he said, and we will be shipwrecked on an island. Paul says, if you had listened to me, all of this could have been avoided. Have you ever listened to the wrong person? Have you ever invested into the wrong person and got sound advice from a wrong person? There was something that happened to me and some group of my friends a while back, and we invested our advice into this mean old man and he said hey won't you guys go on a trip with us it's going to be super easy this hiking trip and I don't want to put nobody on blast but this guy's name was Jeff and he was a pastor and he said it's going to be fun and we're just going to do this little hike and then we'll be able to like swim and hang out and fellowship and who knew that we were going to church boot camp. And it was cool for the first hour till we got to the edge of the mountain and looked down and then there was like, it was so far down. There was like dinosaurs still living down there. We saw skeletons of former people that tried to do this mountain before. And it was horrible and we were all looking at each other. I pay tithes, do you pay tithes? I pay tithes. Why would he want to do this to us? Why would our pastor say it was easy and tried to kill us? And it was, 
it was very discouraging, you know, because we trusted him. He said, oh, it's flat, and there's rainbows, and we get to ride ponies, and it sounded great. It sounded fun, and it wasn't, and it was horrible, and people were injured, and dreams were crushed, and relationships were shaken. It was, it was, it was a life-changing experience. I, oh, we're going to get to that point when we talk somewhere outside. Right there. Right there. But just as some of the people in the ship with our camping trip, there were people give just the gear, just that stays here now. Because the storms, uh, it can be daunting sometimes. When you're faced with a challenge, you just wanted the lightest and easiest way to get out of this place. And some of our people in our group, it was so hard that they left gear that they invested and they, and they purchased and they bought with their own money and they left it there because the task was so overwhelming. And there's some things that you guys have invested into God and you have paid for for a price and sometimes the storms of life and the enemy can come upon you so hard that it's just so easy just to, those things that you, just to leave them on the side, just to lighten your load. And we give up what God wants to do in our lives, Amen. So I love how Paul pops up as, as the man of God that he is, and he goes, well, if you would have listened to me, none of this would have happened, amen? If you just would have listened to what I said. But I think the worst thing that can happen to us is going through unnecessary struggles. To be unnecessarily frustrated, to, to have to do something twice, amen? Um, that's a battle probably, if you're married, that's a battle. To have to do something twice, either this person didn't do it the right way and this person has to, but that, I mean, with anything. It's, it's frustrating when you have to go back and you struggle over something that, that should have been easy, amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> Double amen to you. And sometimes we feel like we go through unnecessary struggles. But are they unnecessary? See, at that point, Paul thought the struggle was unnecessary. But Paul didn't see what was going to happen down the road through the struggle. That even though the, you know, the enemy causes it to be unnecessary, God can take that unnecessary struggle and make something out of it. And create something out of that frustration, amen. So I want to break down what the Lord spoke to him. If we can go back to Acts and then up to verse 23. And it says, For last night an angel of God, and I love how he says this, For, for whom I belong and whom I serve stood before. And I, and I just imagine Paul going, Mm-mm-mm. Whom I serve. He's got a little swagger in it. You know what I mean? I can see him whipping his head. I don't think he whipped his head, but I just see him whipping his head. But there was some swagger in what he said. And some of us, we have lost our swagger. How many of us, when the enemy comes in, did you like, nope, I know who I am in the Lord, and nip that thing in the bud. And so many times we lose our swagger of who we are in the Lord, Amen. It, it's, it's very hard to have swagger in our world today because it's hard being a Christian today. 
it's hard to stand out because when you stand out and you say that you're a Christian, you're a, a bigot or you, you're, you're, you don't understand or this or you're, you, you don't care about those people when, when you want to hold on to your moral value. What, what I found amazing is, do you know the percentage of Americans that say that they're a Christian? Anybody, just take a guess. Well, that was 6,008 6, I heard, but that's okay. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Don't shout numbers out. <laughs> 83%. No. <laughs> that's wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm happy if I find 8% of the people that I hang around with that are Christians. 83%. But I bet it's not that high, but I bet it's not as low as it should be because a lot of times the enemy will cause you to lose your swagger and cause you to kind of, it's easy just to tuck back sometimes and not make a, a bunch of noise in your workplace or with your friends. But God is saying, man, I want you to stand out. That number should be higher. Man, be proud of who you are, amen. Be proud of where God had pulled you from. Be proud. Man, there's a reason why you should be excited because God pulled you up from a mire, from, from, from the depths, amen. And it should be something that you should be proud of. And hold, and man, you, sometimes as Christians, we got, God, man, every time I run into that person, he's always talking about God and how he did this. And it's just like, but it's like, really? Who's wrong in that situation? Sometimes we got to check ourselves sometimes. Why aren't we more excited? Why isn't it that it, it is just a ruckus when we come in here to worship God? How do you think it's going to be when we get to glory? Nothing but a ruckus. Man, don't lose your swagger this morning. Be proud of who you are and where God has brought you up from. Be excited to tell people, I was once lost, but now I'm found, amen. And, and you know what? I can give you the same hope that I have, amen. Because just like Liz said, you're somebody's Jesus. Somebody's watching you. You are somebody's salvation. You are their gateway sometimes. And if, you're not, if you don't have the swagger that you should have, that's going to be a sad day when you go to heaven and you're accountable for that person. Now that's some deep, that's a deep thought. That's a heavy burden. But how many of us are going to go to heaven and God is saying, man, I am so proud of what you did, but look at what you could have done. Look at what you could have done if you had a little bit more swagger in your step. Look at what you could have done if you were a little bit more brash and bold of who I am. See, because fear is a powerful thing. Fear is the most powerful tool that the enemy has because when fear comes upon you, it changes your identity. Fear can hamper everything that you do. And when I was on that hiking trip, I did. I got scared. There was a moment where fear took over me because I was exhausted and depleted and I was at the bottom of this mountain and I looked up and I had a panic attack and I've never really had a panic attack before and it just came over me like I'm not gonna get out of here like I, I really thought that like it entered my head like this is where I'm going to I'm going to die on this mountain 
As silly as that sounds, but I took that identity of fear and I let it, because I forgot who I am, that you know what? Even though that this is a different high, I did train somewhat for this. And I, and I am capable and I'm not, you know, I can do this. But I, but, but I let that fear creep in and take over me. And I become, I, I locked up to the point where like Jeff had to like actually pray for me. And sometimes, man, we take on that identity of fear. But see, I love how this ship is getting tore apart. And what does it say? The Bible, what is the first thing that the Bible says that the angel said to him? And it says, don't fear. Don't take on on that identity. Don't worry about the things that are going on. Don't lose who you are, Paul. Don't lose your identity in this. Even though everything around you is falling apart, it's crumbling, and it's, and, and it's not going the way that you intended, don't lose your identity this morning, amen? amen? 365 times in the Bible it says, fear not. That's every day the Lord is telling you as you wake up, don't lose your identity, brother. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget... The, the, the blood that was shed for you. Don't forget the anointing that's upon you. Don't forget the power and the authority that you have over principalities and rulers of dark places. Don't forget who you are. Don't lose your identity. It may look like the end, but God has bigger things for you today, amen? God didn't destine me for me to die on that hiking trip because God has bigger things for me. Just as he told Paul, Don't worry about it. You're going to go see Caesar. You got to make it to Rome. So you're not going to die on this ship, amen. And I'm telling you, some of you this morning, you think you're on the edge, that this thing's going to overtake you, that you're done. And I'm telling you this morning, God has bigger things for you than for you to die in this storm in your life, amen. God has more things for you. He has bigger plans for you, for you to die out on sea. See, when we have a mission, our mindset changes. And Romans 8.28 says, For I know that God causes, what? Everything. God causes everything. Now that's a deep concept. If we just took those three words, God causes everything. God caused that storm. To work together for the goodness according to who loves God and who are called according to his purpose for them. See, you have a mission, and when you have a mission, man, God will move the heavens and earth for you to complete that mission. Despite what the enemy throws at you, what waves come at you, how battered your ship is, if you're throwing stuff overboard, if people around you are dying, it doesn't matter if you hold on to that mission mindset that God has a greater purpose for me, amen, and that God causes everything, everything to work in my favor. Why should I fear this storm, amen? See, some storms we go through are to benefit the people around us. See, without Paul, all of those men would have died. All of those men would have died if it wasn't for Paul. And some of the storms that you are going through right now 
are holding your family together. Amen. Some of the storms that you're going through are for those unsaved loved ones that are on the verge of salvation. Amen. And God is telling you, man, hold on. Because it said that everyone in that ship, God granted safety for everyone on that ship because of Paul. Of Paul standing in the gap. Of Paul being the man that he is. Of Paul not losing his identity. Amen. And by you rebuking that fear and holding on to that identity, man, those storms that you were going through, those people are going to be saved because of the courage that you have. Amen. Can we go to verse 25 in the NIV? Because I like the way the NIV says it. If we can click that next slide. Acts 27, 25, it says NIV. I want everybody able to see that there. Well, that's okay. He'll pull it up here in a second. But the NIV, at the end it says, so keep courage, men. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. And I'm telling you this morning, despite what the storms and the things that are going on in your life and how battered you are and how you want to give up, it will happen. It's going to happen. It will happen. But it will happen is a hard concept for sometimes for us to to obtain because sometimes... We're so focused on the reason it's happening. And so many of us, we need to know the reason why it's happening instead of how it's going to end. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? We have to know, why God? Why? Why does this happen to me? Why me, Lord? Why does this have to happen? Why does this have to happen? Why don't my kids listen to me? Why doesn't my spouse listen to me? Why am I broke? Why am I this? Why am I that? Why, 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 why? And I pulled this up on um, Psychology Today, which is what I read every morning. A little publication I get now. And it says, why is what drives not only everything that we do, but also our emotional reactions to everything that happens to us? We are simply far more likely to accept a change if we understand the reason for it. Interesting, our acceptance seems to hinge on less on how much we like the reason and more how much sense the reason makes to us. Even if, even if the change fails... To benefit us, even if it causes us harm in some way, if our sense of fairness is satisfied, we are more likely to accept and embrace it. Why, God? Why? And so many of our Christian walks have this giant hole that says, Why? Because we, we, we as human beings, we want to understand and we need to know. We need to know. We need to know what's going on. But here's the kicker. See, it don't matter if it was God or the enemy because it all has to pass through the same set of hands. 
See what I'm saying? God causes everything. God allowed that to happen. And when you can come to that perspective that this is not an enemy thing, but this is a God thing, that this isn't the devil thing, this is a God thing. God allowed this to happen. And if we can embrace how God's going to get me through it instead of why God's putting me through it, man, we'd be so better off as Christians. See, when we have that perspective, we can use other people's bad decisions to bless us. What do you mean? Well, Genesis chapter 50 through 20, and Joseph, he's finally sitting next to Pharaoh. And he sees his brothers, and his brothers had betrayed him as a child and sold him away to slavery. And what is he says? You intended me harm. But God intended it for good. And he brought me to this position so I could save many people. And sometimes when God positions us, it's painful. Positioning and and God moving us can be painful sometimes. But Joseph never focused on why, God. He always focused on how, God. Even in the pit, all right, God, how are you going to get me out of this? Because I know the dreams that you gave me, and I know they're supposed to come true. And even when he got out of the pit, and he became a slave to Potiphar, it wasn't, why, God, why am I a slave to Potiphar? How are you going to get me out of this position, God? And even when he went back to jail, it wasn't, why, God? It was, how, God? Until he got to a position of power, Amen. And we look at John chapter 11. And it's, and it's the story of Lazarus. And Lazarus has been sick. And Mary and Martha send word to Jesus. And they're like, hey, Lazarus is sick. We need you to come and, and, and heal him. Because they were, they, were, they were friends. Jesus loved Lazarus and he loved Mary and he loved Martha. And John eleven fourteen through 15. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake. And look at what Jesus says. I am glad I wasn't there. <laughs> Jesus, your best friend just died. Yeah, I know. I'm glad I wasn't there. That's what it was. I'm not making That's exactly what it says. But what is it? So that you may believe, but let us go and see him anyways. See, Martha was consumed, and then when Jesus entered in, Martha was consumed. Why, Jesus? If you were here only two days earlier, my brother would still be alive. He wouldn't be dead and buried in the ground. How can you do that, God? I thought you loved me. Why would you do this to me? Why would you bring this pain upon me, God? And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection And I'm the life. See, God was already their healer. But he wanted to be their resurrector too, amen. And there are some things that are going to happen in your life. And there are some things that are going to die in your life. And you're going to go, why God? Why do these things have to die? 
And it's so Jesus can say, because I want to resurrect him in my glory. Amen. Not in your glory, but in my glory. Because I don't want to be just your healer. I don't want to be just your savior. I want to be your resurrector too. So I'm going to let these things die in your life. Because why? Because in all things, God is in control. I'm going to have the worship team come up because I feel the Lord's going in a different place and I didn't even get to my other part. So I'm going to ask Jeff, I'm going to give him the greatest gift ever if I can speak next week because we didn't even get to the island. So we can conclude the second part next week. If not, then we can figure it out because there was a reason why Paul went through all these things and it was for a greater reason. It was for a greater cause when he got to this island and the next time that, that I get to, the privilege to speak, we'll talk about what Paul did in the island and why he needed to be shipwrecked and why he needed to be sidestepped. It was for a greater cause. It was for a greater, a greater good. But I want to tell you this morning, just as that angel told Paul, it will happen. It's going to happen. Don't lose hope. Don't lose sight. Don't let fear be your identity in this storm. And you can feel right now that you are, you are drowning. Ladies, for you that got a word this weekend, the enemy's already working on you. The enemy's already trying to drown you. The enemy's already trying to wreck and destroy and poke holes into everything God spoke to you this weekend. And I'm telling you this morning, don't take that identity on. Know who you are. Know what God said. It will happen. Maybe some of you this morning, you, you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you just feel like this ship in the beginning and you're just getting tossed to and fro wherever the waves may take you. And I'm telling you, you don't have to live your life like that no more. You don't have to live your life in misdirection. You don't have to live your life without a purpose, without a course. That you can look up and you can see the light and you can see the stars and God will navigate you to your place of purpose this morning, amen? Well, maybe some of you have lost your swagger. Then maybe you're just not quite as excited as you were about the Lord. Whatever it is this morning, whatever storm that you're going through, whatever dream God has given you, whatever you've sacrificed, God will resurrect it. But I want you to leave this place knowing that whatever God has ever spoken into your life, it will happen. And the only thing you can do is reject it. Because there ain't no storm that can throw you off course. There ain't no enemy that can steal it from you. It's up to you this morning if you let it happen in your life. So if that is you this morning, I just want you to quietly get up and line up here and we're gonna have our prayer team just to come in agreement with whatever storm's going on in your life, whatever dream that you thought was dead, 
that God needs to come and resurrect it. Whatever it is this morning, God is here to meet your need. And as you come up here, as you step out from your seat, I already want you to start thinking in your mind, it will happen. It's going to happen. Praise God.